Oh my God. I'm so sorry. That was so good. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Who, who put Tyler in charge of uh, <laughs> Tyler in charge of Zoom here? What are we doing? <laughs> okay. Let's uh, take two. Take, take two. two. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Puckheads Fantasy Hockey League podcast. A mouthful of a name. We really screwed the pooch when we came up with that as our inaugural name. Although I think we may have just topped ourselves, Ty, when uh, we got about 15 minutes into our podcast before we realized what exactly? Yeah, I uh, we just shifted to Zoom the last couple episodes, and we're going to start putting out content out on Twitter. And uh, for some reason, I forgot to hit the record button. So we're, we're rolling <laughs> this thing again, take two right now. And uh, yeah, our name is a little rough, just like us. But you know what? We're working on it. So that's all that matters. Yeah, we got exciting changes coming in the pipeline. Uh, Ty has been mining his classroom for great ideas. Shout out to the class. We really appreciate all the all the work. I mean, if I could say anything, any constructive criticism, maybe step it up. Yeah, you know, some of those some of those suggestions. Uh, I'm not sure that you were giving your hundred percent. So appreciate the work, but I think there's I think you have another level. That's and I believe in you. So hey, no matter what. No they're they're going to listen to this and they're going to, they're going to be like, what the heck we're putting all this work in and Matt doesn't appreciate it. They really thought they had something good with the last ones. But, and if you, if you haven't know, uh, seen them go onto Twitter, we, I took a photo and they're all there at uh, heads pucked uh, yeah, at heads puck. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible name. We're working on it. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, we do. We do have some things in the works guys. Uh, thank you for uh, being well, on the ride with us as we as we figure it all out. Uh, before we dive into it this time, let's just get this out there as a part of our growth, as a part of uh, as a, our learning and expanding. Uh, you can find us on another podcast that uh, just dropped today as of this recording. Um, so it'll definitely be out whenever I finish editing our episode, uh, unless it gets taken down by their sponsors. So it is the Between the Lines podcast. Uh, from uh, the inside the rink, inside the rink hockey network. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, well, I'll say, I'll say, it. I'll, I'll edit that out, make it really nice. I won't. It's, <laughs> that's okay. It's yeah. organic. We love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we did that with uh, the gang over there. Really appreciate it. Uh, well, maybe in the future we'll have to get them on our podcast if we can make that work. Yeah, so check us out on there. We'll put a, a link in the show notes as well so you can find us. And uh, and as always, please give us feedback. You can reach us at Twitter, at HeadsPuck, uh, or because many of you know us personally, feel free to just text or yell at us, you know, the usual method. Yeah, it seems fair. Uh, into the news. Man, big, surprisingly big news week. I think most of it kind of came down in the last 24 hours. Um Biggest one of all, let's just let's just start right there. The Montreal Canadiens have cleaned house. Coming into the season, I think we all knew that uh, Bergeron was a bit of a lame duck GM. This was his final year. Uh, I think more as the year started to roll out, we learned that there were some kind of succession plans in there. But it sounds like all of that just got thrown out the window this week, culminating in today's news that Bergeron's out, head scouts out, marketing's out. Uh, Melanby, it 
was the only one that resigned under his own power, it seems. So he beat the firings. So good on him. Yeah, which I, as a quick aside, I think has to look great on a resume that he he got out like you know like he got out before the fire. Yeah, like, genius. He's yeah. he's got some vision. I think he'll do some club very very well. Um, but yeah, talk to him, Ty. Like that's this is wild. What this all just kind of happened at once it seems. Yeah, like so. What was yesterday? We got news about the Melon Beef uh, resigning, quitting, um, and then last night I was texting you and I said, "Well, I think there's going to be more to that. It just seems like there's a lot of smoke." And then Elliot reported, "Just wait 24 hours. It seems like there's a whole bunch more going to happen." And then today we lost uh, Muscle Man Mark Bergevin. We lost Timmins, the head scout, the PR guy, and a couple other firings. It just seemed like it was it was going that way after a really lucky run last year. Yeah, to the Stanley Cup Finals, where divisions were weird, playoff structures were weird, and you know they had a lot of things go their way. Don't like, don't, don't like this. You know, just what? Wow, I'm stumbling here. Yeah, don't yeah. Uh, discredit what they did. They beat a lot of good teams. They beat Vegas. They beat Toronto. Who was the other one they beat? There was one more, and they were really Winnipeg. Was it? Was it Winnipeg? I think it was. They uh-huh. beat a lot of good teams, but you know that's a lucky run. They got hot at the right time. Um, Nothing's gone well for Montreal this year, starting off with the Carey Price situation, which he needed to do. Um, that put them behind the eight ball and just it's a it's a hot mess. And uh, like, let's let's be fair here. It This is much needed. Like, even if you look at Tim and Jay Fresh on Twitter, great follow. If you don't follow him, I'm sure everybody in this hockey world follows him. Um, he says Timmons really coached off drafting Subban, Patrick and McDonough for like 11 years. And you look at his other first round picks, they're not good. You have yeah. LeBlanc, Tenorti, freaking Galchenyuk, uh, Noah Juleson, who doesn't play for him, Sergachev, who they traded for uh, Druan, who doesn't like, isn't looking good, Paling, Kakanyemi, who, you know, they, they should have taken Kachuk. There's a lot of weird drafting. And then this year, where they took Logan, Manu, uh, what's his last name? Manu? Uh, I guess. But like, I'm fine for that fellow, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, this is this is much needed, and you know what? Good for Jeff Molson. I will say, if there's one franchise that like sets themselves up for failure, I think Montreal does that themselves. I might like ruffle feathers here. They they require a French English general manager. They require a French English coach, and so your options are really slim, right? Jeff Gordon is going in there right now as the the president of hockey operations, but and he'll like handle the day to day. But Montreal like. Maybe it's time you just take the best general manager available and and let him like work some magic. Yeah, I was thinking about that night. That you know, this always comes up whenever they, they hire anyone. Um, and you know, without ruffling feathers, at the risk of sounding a little insensitive, it just seems like they're capping themselves from the the candidate pool. You know, like I'm sure there's lots of people out there that would be very eager for this opportunity, uh, but. You know their their French isn't strong enough, and I get it. It's a French market. Um, I I get that the history uh, of their language there is a contentious subject for them. Um, I mean, heck, it's so such a, a a powerful political thing that you know somebody's probably going to win their leadership race off of false promises of bringing the Nordiques back. Yeah, but when it, it's different, it's it, this is you're talking about. Uh, the, the, the Canadians play in a league that every other team is based in an English market. So if you need someone to perform the 
the job of general manager or president and they need to be communicating with other teams mandating that this this kind of fluency in french really doesn't doesn't help them do their job better uh it, it you know it allows them to answer questions and communicate in the local environment and i get that but i i would think or i would hope at some point that they would not turn away a stellar candidate who is passionate and wanted to really help them if that was lacking in some way you know yeah yeah, so let's get into the candidates here really quickly. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, if you are going off French and, and you need a, uh, a bilingual GM, right now your two biggest options, I think, are going to be Roberto Luongo and you're looking at Patrick Waugh, right? They're both, they'd both be first-time general managers and that environment is hostile. Like That's one of the best hockey markets in the world. And when they're good, the NHL is better, right? It's yeah. a better place for everybody. So now you want to throw in a first time gm into that spot who else could you get like really you got pierre mcguire you know in ottawa somebody put that out today i'm like that doesn't seem like a, a valid option the list is not long and that's kind of like what you piggybacking off what you said is is it is it more about a language or is it more about getting like your team back to where it should be and rebuilding the proper way and not making you know weird draft picks and and trades that, you know, even for Christian Dvorak this year, they probably should have just kept that first and just accepted the rebuild instead of like trying to replace Kock and Yemi. Although Christian Dvorak has been way better than Kock and Yemi, this team did not have the, the, the players to go back to where they were. That division's a lot tougher than they played in last year. Yeah. And I don't think, and maybe it's the highs of going to the Stanley Cup final, but, and Carey Price is getting older. Um, yeah, I don't know who's going to fill that in, but if I were to bet anybody, and there's been a lot of smoke, it's been Patrick Waugh. And uh, he did a great job with Colorado the first couple of years. And then, you know, his energy and his coaching methods wore thin with the players and he got let go. And now Colorado's a juggernaut. So, right. He didn't, he didn't agree with Joe Sackick and now Colorado is amazing. So I don't know about you, how we, who else do you see in that race? <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I feel like they'll probably go outside of the traditional hockey world or they'll pull some general manager from some obscure like small local club you know i i honestly can't i i have trouble getting my mind in that headspace where you know if you if you had to spend an extra forty thousand dollars a year for for an organization like that to have an interpreter go with your general manager so that you could ensure that you had the best person for the role if it feels like that would be something that you could understand that would make sense at a business expense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I can't get, I can't get my head around who they would possibly pick that in that role because yeah, I, I can't, uh, I can't put my shoes. I just can't put myself in those shoes. Yeah. It just sounds so crazy to me. Um, yeah. I think it would be different if you were talking about the whole league was French, then yeah, you need, you need that as a skill, but as like, an appeasement to the local fan base or to make it so that they can't take easy pot shots at them in, in the media, you know, like it just, it doesn't seem to me like it's an integral skill to get the job done. Um, and maybe it's something that they should consider overlooking this time. I'd love to see Mark Hunter maybe get an interview. I feel like that guy's done well. I think he, you know, drafted Mitch Marner. That was his baby. Uh, 
I'd like to see him get an interview. I wouldn't mind Roberto Luongo. I know he's working hard, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. And I can't wait for Montreal to finally have a good head scout. Like this is going to be awesome. Like yeah. I said earlier, like when Montreal Canadians are better, like when they're good, the NHL is like a way better place. The rivalries are better. Um, they're the playoffs are better. That place is a top five arena. Like everybody loves playing in Montreal, right? Because how dedicated their fans are. So yeah, let's get them back. Let's yeah. Canadians back to a good place. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. Um Moving on to another franchise that's in a bit of a fi- funny spot. I think I almost dropped an F-bomb there by accident, but uh, yeah, funny spot. Um, Santa Fe Sharks, uh, first and foremost, uh, Doug Wilson taking medical leave. Um, you know, best wishes to him and his family. Hopefully he can uh, overcome or, or take care of whatever this is. At the time of recording, we have zero information of this so in the future if this turns out to be something scandalous or horrible this is not an opportunity for you know you guys to attack us on this just so you know uh don't be bringing this up later saying that we are supporting doug wilson if it turns out he's he's a monster then you know boo him but it's so far it seems genuine so you know best of uh, best wishes to, to doug wilson his family and, and resolving whatever the case is of this yeah, the the Pacific Division's kind of weird right now with managements. You you have Bradshaw living at the start of the year, who's kind of under like under fire for not really changing the core, and it seemed like his number like his name was in the media all summer. You have uh, Jim Benning, who I don't know what this guy's got on the owners, but he's still got a job. Um, and then you had the uh, Bob Murray situation. Yeah. You know, and now you have Doug Wilson. So I don't know what's going on in the Pacific, but we're about to see a huge shift. Uh, and maybe it's for good, right? Like there were some things that came out about Bob Murray after he got fired. And it was like, well, maybe that guy should have got fired. Well, not fired, but let go, right? He probably yeah. got fired a while ago. Jim Benning needs to go. That team needs a new identity, new voice, maybe somebody with a little bit more cojones. Um, but yeah, best of wishes, Doug Wilson. Uh, that team, what, who is taking over for Doug Wilson? I can't remember who it was. I think it's just like the AGM, isn't it? Just stepping up, or yeah, who is the AGM though? I'm trying to remember because whoever it is, and I'll find it right now. Um, he's got some tough shoes to fill right now. Like that team's got some holes, and they have a, a situation on the rise. What we're one game away, and they just sent down Evander Kane. What are you going to yeah. do with him? You're, you're going to be paying him $7 million to play in your AHL all season. Yeah. That's well, I guess the, you know, the, the, that is the, the, he's coming back, but they put him on waivers. If he passes, he's meant to report to the Barracudas. Uh, I think I read a tweet somewhere uh, that they are at least under the impression that he will report if he make if he clears waivers and that, you know, they're not expecting any issues there. Um, but that, that does get really interesting. You know, is the, uh, is the, is the stand in, cleared to make a trade you know like this is if he's got full full responsibility and full availability then you know we could see something happen because he probably has maybe less ties to evander and if, if he can just make a move and get something going or get something in return and clean it up he might take a shot but it, it's going to be difficult if it's kind of a thing where he can negotiate the deal 95 percent of the way but then he's like hold on we just gotta wait for dougie to get back and sign off on this you know 
Yeah, from what I've read and what I'm under the impression is uh, if there's a deal for Evander Kane, you do that deal, right? Um, There's rumors that Vancouver Canucks, this doesn't even make sense. Vancouver Canucks are interested in Evander Kane. Could you imagine adding more to that room that has been under fire all week? Yeah, let's, let's bring in the locker room destroyer, Evander Kane, to bring us all together. Like this is... You can't even make this storyline up. How does we'll get into Jim Benning in a bit, hopefully, but it doesn't even make sense. They're gonna they're they're willing to re, like retain half. So that's yeah. a Vander Kane for 3.5 for three more years. Well, all of a sudden, that's a that's a lot more, you know, that's a that's a way better ask and give than Evander Kane at seven. Yeah. I'm not saying Evander Kane's a good person. I've been on this podcast all like since we started saying hockey hockey culture needs to change. We need to stop like with this, oh, we'll just hide it under the rug or we won't address that. Evander Kane's a he's up there. He's a dick. He's not he's a tool, right? Yeah. <laughs> but somebody's gonna take Evander Kane at 3.5. Yeah, it's at that point it becomes a risk worth taking because you're not risking nearly as much. Yeah, and the other thing is, if you buy him out, you're, it, that's nothing, right? Like three point five bought out over three years is nothing. Like, I'd rather have like I, I tweeted out today, and it's highly unpopular, and I, you get smoke anytime you tweet about Evander Kane. But I would rather have Evander Kane at three point five than Nikita Zadorov at three, playing defense for the Calgary Flames. You know why? Because in one year, if it doesn't work out, we can we can cut and buy out Evander Kane. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you have a head coach that has control of that room and the leadership has control of that room, why not give it a try? Right? San Jose, when did Evander Kane become a problem? Evander Kane became a problem when Joe Thornton left, Patrick Marleau left, Logan Couture got handed the C, and there was a real shift in that room. I'm not like disregarding who Evander Kane is, but I'm just saying somebody's going to take a chance on him. Yeah, we talked about it uh, on a little bit on Between the Lines podcast. Yeah, like it's going to be have to be a mix. Like it's got to be a team that like is just either super super confident in their room or a GM that's super desperate. I think Benning fits that super desperate vibe really well. Um, But then we we also kind of stumbled upon we didn't get a chance to really dig into it. But what I think is the unspoken conspiracy theory of the season is that Evander Kane will end up with the Tampa Bay Lightning as they do their funny different ways to load up and have like once again three top lines that they can just roll through nonstop. So well and you think about it like if you could and this is it's the same with Tony D'Angelo. I had a good conversation today about Tony D'Angelo. Nobody's saying Tony D'Angelo is not a good hockey player. Nobody. Tony D'Angelo has proven he can put numbers up in the NHL. Tony D'Angelo is a scumbag, a dick teammate, and nobody really likes him, right? Nobody wants to hear about your political views. Nobody cares. Like, you don't hear any other NHL player really saying their political views, nor do I think it's really the landscape for that, right? But if you could just have the player, as in Tony Mm D'Angelo, any team would want that. But the risk is you have the person. And it's the same with Evander Kane. Evander Kane is a talent. The guy like made camp, like made the NHL right out of camp. He's put up numbers every year, even with being a dick to teammates, right? Like, 
And it, it says something where a team like San Jose, who is needing scoring, like needing it, is willing just to bury him, right? And that's yeah. why I think somebody's going to take him. And they're going to eat 3.5, and it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, well, if anybody <laughs> does do it, and if they do get their uh, – they do win the championship again, um, just keep in mind that is technically their first real championship in this <laughs> run. Uh, the Blues are still <laughs> – technically the regulars like like the actual Stanley Cup champions full 82 game series season yeah like yeah what what the what the you know what the Bulls did is no less impressive it's just it's not the same it's not you're right it's not the same great team but there's two asterisks by their uh by their thing yeah they won some really fun tournaments but yeah yeah got to play uh one year they got a shortened season and next year uh they played the same team 10 times you know what I mean? Just in their division. So I was listening to, it was funny. I was listening to a broadcast podcast that I was uh, hyped up on our last show. And I thought for a second that I had some kindred spirits because they, they brought up the idea that both of Tampa Bay's championship wins should be asterisked. And I was like, Oh my gosh, they feel the same way. I've never heard anybody else, but then there's their reason for it was because both teams they beat, were fluke teams <laughs> that had like no business being there in the first place <laughs> <laughs> yeah the dallas stars and the montreal canadians who a year later is rebuilding and they're the bottom right like could you imagine yeah. like that is luck like that <laughs> is so much luck all of, all you know what i'll go with this this is going to be the flames fan to me all three of their stanley cups are bullcrap because it oh. was in an 04 it was in so gotta, have, gotta be lucky like tampa bay that's all yeah there you go better i'd rather be lucky than good if i had to choose that's true me too yeah so let's see we've got uh speaking of waivers our our good pal we don't actually know this guy at all matt murray uh has been placed on waivers uh has cleared waivers actually as the time of recording i believe ahl Uh, yeah do you what do you think What, what like well i guess I haven't really thought about it much. I hadn't read about it as, as that much. Maybe it just wasn't like connecting in my peripherals, but I, it, I didn't put two and two together that, you know, Matt Murray had a specific, pardon me, a, a pretty severe case of COVID um, and that there's kind of growing anecdotal evidence, I'll say that, you know, when you have more of a severe case, especially among high top end athletes, you're seeing that they're taking them so they're taking them a lot longer to get back to that top level tier you know they they're fine they're symptom free they can live but to hit that same athletic peak seems to be not quite there do you feel like maybe that's a little too convenient of an excuse for a guy that probably hasn't played his best hockey for a couple of years now or you know do we do you think somebody's just waiting for an opportunity like toronto did with kyle clifford to add him for a future considerations trade rather than lose their waiver priority First of all, nobody's taken that cap hit. And and second, it's uh again, I'm not saying COVID's not serious, and I'm not saying the implications after having COVID aren't serious and how your health changes. That's totally fine. I, I have people I work with that have COVID that still have a dry cough and still don't feel the same. And you know, it does damage to people, right? Um, what I will say is Matt Murray was not good when <laughs> he signed that contract. Nobody in their right mind. I remember that contract being like reported and everybody was like, what? 
Like, wait, what? Like, Dorian's just going off on a limb here, hoping he, like, rebounds to a Stanley Cup, you know, shape. Matt Murray is not a good goalie. The highs are really, really high, and the lows are bottom lows, right? So, no, does it, it it makes sense for the agent to report that to Darren Dreger to say that it makes sense, you know, because they're going to want to find a new home, you know, for Matt Murray. It clearly it seems like Ottawa will not be that place. And that yeah. makes sense. He has not been good for two years. Even before he had COVID, he was not good. But uh, it sucks for him. It's, it's funny. Goalies are weird. They can, like Sergey Bobrovsky last year, you could be top of the top of the league and goaltenders winning two Stanley Cups and all of a sudden you suck. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. So do I think that he has, um, you know, COVID has like changed his life a little bit? Oh, 100%. I'm not even going to argue that. But I don't think it's reasonable to say that the reason that you're being sent to the AHL uh, is because of COVID. I think it's because your play uh, before you had COVID, your play now has not been up to your contract. And that's what happens in the NHL. They got to win games. Yeah. And in Ottawa, for some weird reason, you think they would have taken a step this year. Goaltending has not been good. So, yeah. Yeah, well said. Uh, speaking of speaking of the big C, uh, Islanders have two games postponed this week. As of, again, as of this airing, they're postponed today. Uh, and I think uh, Monday's game, they're not allowed back around the rink or whatnot till, till Tuesday, November 30th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's things could change, but they have a bit of a breakout there, but we saw Ottawa go through this recently. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think with all the measures that are in place with the reportedly very high vax rates amongst, uh, the NHL players and the teams and whatnot, it's early, it's early in the season. It's hard not to think that this might be a bigger problem if this keeps happening. You know, we could get through the rest of the season and realize that it happened to two teams once each early in the season and it ended up being a thing at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem like the NHL has the schedule built in a way to absorb this. I think they really capped it on getting all their games in. Uh, but uh, we'll wait. We'll see. Have you have you seen anything on that tie? Like, is this has the NHL prepared to repeatedly or, or often postpone games and make it make sense? Or, you know, do you think they get, do we think they're getting caught a little bit unprepared? Well, I think, I think if you were to go to the start of the year and you were to sit down Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and the NHLPA, and you would be like, Hey, you're at 99% of your league is vaccinated. How are you feeling into going into the year with removing restrictions and the bubbles and all that stuff and the high, you know, restrictions from last year where, Teams aren't really allowed to go to dinner with other players and hotels. They weren't allowed to go in their other rooms, right? They were really strict. I think they would have said, no, we're feeling fine. We're going to, we're going to play this out. We're going to do that. And I think, I think it goes that COVID is changing every, every minute it's changing. And, and you think that you got a stranglehold on it and you're ready to keep riding it into the sunset and this be over. It changes. And we're seeing that this year we've had, you know, superstar players go out with COVID and it's, it's, you know, it sucks. Even if, they don't have high symptoms. It still sucks. And it's spreading like wildfire um, with the, the schedule. It is built in. It's there's a, there's a loophole that if, Hey, if we have too many postponements and Hey, there's too many COVID cases, y'all aren't going to the Olympics. Right. And that's where the games are going to be played. You had Ottawa that missed four. You have New York Islanders missing at least two. 
Um, it's built in. It, it's there. The NHL, I don't think, just said, screw, we're not going to, like, you know, take care of this. It's uh, it's more your chance to go to the Olympics, which I think are slipping anyways, might be filled with postponement of games, right? Yeah. <clears throat> well, let's talk about that Olympic anxiety. Uh, I think there's, there's a couple of different things going on. Um, there's a high-level political discourse going on where there's there's tensions rising um which, which you know sorry guys we're probably not going to get into that on this podcast maybe if we had a political fantasy hockey league or i don't know, I don't know how that would work but we'll figure that out we'll iron that out for next season um then there's <laughs> the political, political segment is that is all we need just a political segment yeah i was just thinking we could like draft different politicians and- <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be hilarious actually yeah <laughs> no one would take your doug ford after <laughs> no no jason kenny bottom oh. last, pick, last pick oh man he might not even get picked waiver wire. <laughs> just pick him up on waivers like right before stampede every year <laughs> yeah that's it puts on a show <clears throat> oh man great great aside uh yeah so there's also the concern that uh I've read a little bit of this. I've seen it pop up a couple of times now, but it seems to disappear just as quickly. Is the news that the Olympics Committee is really pissed off at China for their hockey team being that terrible. Now, I've seen some pretty terrible one-sided games in the Olympics in the past. I'm not going to name yeah. names, but yeah. we've seen that. We've seen, I mean, even recently, we've probably seen like 30 to 1 games. 27 nothing. So I was a little surprised to see that they are so concerned with how bad the Chinese hockey team is that they may not allow them to field a team for the Olympics. Which is yeah, I feel like I feel like that should be a thing though. You know what I mean? Or like there's like there's a lot of athletes that go to the Olympics that don't do well, right? Like at all. So maybe like what's the difference now because you have really good superpower teams and then like there's no difference i guess you could say in every sport there's somebody that's really bad that makes it does that yeah. make sense yeah no like you know like there's that there's look at look at my detroit lions they're terrible they have gifting wins every year over and over again you guys need a new head coach man that was some poor game management holy cow we won't get into that <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, it's, it's shocking to me that, and that they would, that that would be something that either they would have allowed in the first place to allow, you know, China to have a team if there's, you know, if, it, if the product is that bad, um, or that they would even consider taking it away once they've committed to it. Because at this point, I don't know, I didn't think that the Olympic Committee were ones to have any shame. So, you know, I was yeah, that's, that's the big thing. Since when do they care? the only thing they really care about is money right first of all i find it hilarious that we're holding the olympics in china like not to sound like a dick right like it doesn't make any sense you know we've had how many outbreaks from there and in the past couple years and seems kind of wild um plus the strict three-week quarantine thing there down there it just seems and nhl players are complaining about that but like i feel for any athlete that gets anything down there you're stuck there for three weeks, right? Like, it's not just like, it's not just the hockey players. There's a lot of people going to China. You know what I mean? With those strict, I I don't know. It's, 
I, I don't think, I think the NHL is not going. I'm going to say that. Like, yeah. I'll, say, I'll say that right now. I, I, and it breaks my heart. Like, I don't think the NHL will go. Yeah. Mostly because money talks and you can't have a player stuck in China for three weeks after the tournament. You can't. Like, you know, at the, at the end of the day, the, the Olympic Committee is not playing, paying the players. Was no. So, no, and I don't think the Olympic Committee uh, does themselves any favors with anybody. Um, I, uh, I'll say this, people that know me probably have already heard me say this. I don't really care for the Olympics. I love athletics. I absolutely love athletics and competition. I think the Olympics are a corrupt, disgusting organization. So uh, even, but if I break it down even smaller than that, it is, the Olympics are meant to always be about amateur sport. And I won't rant about this too much, but having professionals there kind of takes away from the spirit and the idea of the Olympics. It also flies in the face of things that other athletes in other sports of the Olympics can't do you know like the like the enforcement of them being amateurs and i think there's been a lot of progress well i don't want to call it progress there's been a lot of change in that in the last couple of years because of that argument yeah. um i don't want to call it progress is because they're not doing it because they think it's right they're doing it because uh they realize they can get more money if they have if they stop kneecapping their athletes and allow them to the best people to return even after they've earned a paycheck so yeah i don't know i do know that there's a lot of athletes that would love the opportunity to, to represent their country though, and to, to play for that Olympic gold. So I think for the players that want to do that, they're passionate about that. My heart goes up for them if they lose that opportunity. Yeah. Um, but I would be, you said, right. That you said that you do don't think the NHL is going to go. I'm going to say, I think they do. Not because, but I, I think that they're, they're going to bluster about it. I think they're going to make a lot of noise about it. But I think at the end of the day, that it would cause too much of, it would cause too much tension for them with the NHLPA, I think. Oh, I, but that's, that's the biggest thing. They signed that deal. Like, and I think a huge part of their last deal that they signed was to allow players to go to the Olympics. It was a huge part. The escrow deal, all that stuff was in there. The players really, you know, fought for the Olympics. Even when you heard Crosby this week talking about the political things going on with China and that tennis player, he was like, I try not to listen to about it or I don't want to say anything about it because my dream is to still play in the Olympics, right? Like, I get wanting to play in the Olympics. And it might not be a good organization just like FIFA. It might not be like, you know, the it's scandalous in every level. It rips off countries. It does all that. But there's still a little bit of honor going into this, right? That you're playing for your country that, you know, you care so much about. Mm -hmm. And I feel for some of those guys. Connor McDavid has not played in the Olympics yet. And I don't, and I, if they don't go this year, when do they go back? Right now that's two straight Olympics that they, they haven't been to. Um, I don't know. And, and to, to your point, the amateur, I get that argument, but I also like seeing best on best and the NHL can't put together a world cup that means anything, right? Like the last world cup was okay. Right. Yeah. It before a season and didn't make much sense. And I don't know, and team Europe and they didn't want to stack, they wanted more teams. So they made team North America. I like best on best. I, I do enjoy that. And I do root for, you know, the Olympic hockey and I, I love it. So I don't know. It's, it's tough. It's, it's kind of sucky where they're having it this year. It's kind of sucky with the political things going on. It's pretty sucky that COVID's still around. 
it just it just feels like there's a lot of negative things against it to make it yeah. happen so yeah no i feel you and uh and yeah i think that that's the that's the crux of it is that olympic dream that um you know who knows maybe the olympics were just as corrupt 30 40 years ago uh, but it was you know we were a lot younger it wasn't on our radar there's an olympic dream out there that a lot of us know of some of us you know attain to yeah and yeah but they uh yeah and they definitely play that they play on that big time um unfortunately but yeah we'll see as i said i i'm gonna fall on that i don't think it happens because i think it would cause a level of unrest that they don't want because i think the owners have a very 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 good situation a very good deal right now um but yeah, I mean, it's not wouldn't be the first time that they shot themselves in the foot. So yeah, one one podcast I'd love to just go off on this escrow thing. These past couple, of, I'd love to go off on it, but we, we won't do that this podcast. But yeah, if I if an owner ever complains about um, ticket prices or anything like that, these people are getting like an attendance record low, which makes sense because ticket prices are insane. Like they're insane. Yeah, they are getting the sweetest of all deals right now. No other sports like like NBA, NFL. No, they don't have that. Like NHL owners are, yeah, we'll, we'll save it for another day. But they're yeah. a special breed. They're yeah. are a special breed. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a ridiculous deal. And it's also ridiculous for them to try to be, be at a loss as to why people that, you know, in today's we, we won't go into it, but it's it's surprising that they're at a loss as to why ticket sales may not be what they yeah. were. But- but like you just brought that up, I can't believe they're shocked. So you're coming out of a, a pandemic where two years people haven't worked, people haven't done anything, they're living off of government checks, a lot of people, and your ticket prices to go to a Flames. What was what game did I look at? I think it was a Flames Pittsburgh game or something. Three hundred dollars for the second level. So it's six hundred dollars to take you and your wife or your girlfriend or your brother or your sister to go watch a hockey game. That seems insane with inflation and everything that's going on. Entertainment yeah. is still that expensive in this world. And, and it's wild to me. So, yeah, no, it is. It's uh, <laughs> sorry, hockey fans. If you get, if you were, if you only want to talk hockey talk, it's uh, it's akin to Ridley Scott this week, blaming millennials and their short attention spans on why his movie tanked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there may be some truth to that, that people didn't want to go see it. But at the end of the day, if you're producing a product and no one wants to buy it, where do you get off blaming the consumer? <laughs> you know, oh, you guys don't appreciate good film. I'm pretty sure putting Matt Damon and Ben Affleck in a period costume about nights. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's maybe the story's gripping, but the first time my girlfriend saw that preview, she thought it was an S, uh, like Saturday Night Live sketch. She thought it was a joke. Yeah, it, it, I don't know why he's complaining. I had zero interest in it, nor did I even like. So, yeah. you, where do you get off Ridley Scott? Because you're a, a Hollywood director, and then you made some good movies. You can tell everybody basically where, you know, their allegiance lies. Like, old man yells at clouds, basically. Yeah, you know? exactly. like, yeah. <clears throat> Ridley Scott, NHL owners, the lot of you. Love you. Go on, leave your money. Thanks a lot, later. Uh, <laughs> let's uh let's get a little bit more fun with this let's lighten things up um <laughs> your boy brady kachuk got a little bit of a scrap 
and he got a little upset. He might get a, he might have got a little nibble on his hand. Is he gonna be all right? Holy cow! I've it was a more than a little nibble. Freaking Brandon Lemieux was uh, he was uh, hungry. You know what I mean? Like he was a hungry man, and I that. You know, you had the Brad Marchant lick on Callahan a few years back. You got the PK Subban slew foot three times this year already, or four times already this year. And now you got the finger in the mouth. Like, there are some, like, I get it. In the heat of the moment, you do weird things. But why? I think, I think, Brandon, what's also funny is Brandon Lemieux was complaining about vaccination at the start of the year, but he will, he will bite Brady Kachuk's finger. And just lick all around and just like, what? Like, it's just the weirdest thing. And Brady Kachuk is fired up. I can't wait till their next game. And I think it's also in five games or five days, Matthew plays LA Kings. I don't think Lemieux will be playing. He'll yeah. be suspended or sent down. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Maybe he was trying to get some of those, uh, some of those vaccination shedding cells into himself there. Yeah. I- yeah, whatever. Well, not most times. Most times when in hockey, because this happens, you know, every couple of years, somebody gets accused of biting in a scrum. But to me, I'm not endorsing the biting. But in order for someone to bite your hand, yeah, you kind of got to put it there. Yeah, and like you see, like some of these times, like, and, and and it it was hard to tell in the replays that I saw this scrum. So I don't want to, I don't want to call anybody out or, or take sides on this thing, but like, it does look to me a lot like Brady's pushing his hand up into his face. Yeah. At least until the initial bite. And then I think Lemieux got a taste for blood and wanted more, but <laughs> yeah, like I mean, look, if I'm in a fight with somebody and this wasn't like a, a classy, you know, hockey fight where one guy goes down to turtle. The other guy helps him like, leave him, you know, like this was a, this was a, a dirty, scrappy, angry. Oh yeah. Thing, you know, these guys, he, he had his hand in his face, probably clawing at his face, but so, you know, that stuff's going to happen. You jam your hand in somebody's face while you're fighting. You're probably going to get bit. I'll throw this out there right now. If you put your hand in my face, when we're fighting, I will bite you. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'm going to bite you. I'm going to bite your hand. If you put it in my face, put me, if you put me in a headlock, I'm going to bite your arm. That's just, I don't know. That's just me. Um, I'm not endorsing it. I don't think he's cool because he did it. Uh, I think this is probably going to be one of the last big headlines we see for Brendan Lemieux in his career. Uh, Probably not for Brady Kachuk, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty funny. Quite frankly. Yeah. Like my thing, I, I agree with you. Brady Kachuk's hand is in his mouth. Like Lemieux's on top of him and Kachuk's fighting him and then he goes kind of push him off and his hand's in his mouth. Like, yeah, you're going to bite, I guess. I don't know if it's as big a deal. Like, it's like, it's those weird situations. Like, like I mentioned before, the Marchand licking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you wouldn't think it's going to happen, but it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Like I know Hockey Night in Canada last night, the boys on the panel and, uh, um they were saying that they want to see five games for this which i think is insane like i think that's a lot but i i don't know how i don't know i don't know what goes through george paris's mind that guy is wild to me like yeah. just wild. And we'll get into another thing after that but yeah it's hey fight just fight again and next time don't put your hand in his mouth that's all yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. You're, that's <laughs> it. I feel like five games make sense. They were just like standing there and he just like came up and Dracula at him. Like, yeah, yeah he's like at five games, he's crazy. But you're scrapping, you're on the ice. You're you like Brady had just hammer fisted him with two refs on them, which is, you know, generally speaking, when the refs get involved, you stop throwing punches and kicks. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, like I think in those situations, I think it's kind of funny. And I think it's, I would say right now, I would, I'd bet good money that if we could put them under lie detectors, more than half of the panel that said it should get five games, all have secretly bit somebody in the scrum. You know, <laughs> they're all biters. That's yeah, how it is. Definitely Kevin. Definitely, definitely Kevin, right? Like that, oh, that guy's had to do something. 100%. That guy was one of the dirtiest players I've ever watched. He was just so... You know, he'd probably sit there and tell you that fighting is disgusting and has no place in the sport. And then you'll throw up three highlights of him like spearing a guy in the crotch. You know, it'd be like, ah, it's just gamesmanship. Yeah. Well, the best was last last night. He goes, and now we're going on a Kevin BXA rant, but I actually do enjoy like sometimes listening to him. But he goes, Calgary's got these two big defensemen, Zadorov and Gabranson on the back end, and they're making a huge difference. Next period, Zadorov like looks lost out there and he lets a goal in. Like just totally loses his assignment, and Kevin Bieksa looks like an idiot because he's out praising these guys. I can't play defense, and I go, "What the hell am I watching here? I'm watching an analyst that doesn't know anything, and I'm watching a defenseman that can't even play hockey." So yeah, that was that was my heated rant about Kevin Bieksa last night. Oh, Bex, we love you. Come on the pod sometimes. Tell us how much we're uh, full of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned your uh, your good pal Brad Marchand. You know. Grew up in the same area that I did. He got under uh, Artemi Panarin's skin a little bit this week. And uh, Panarin, I mean, I don't know what happened on the ice. I think I got to say Panarin basically has to have won this. The, the Rangers won the game. Panarin has a grit, like he threw his glove at him. Panarin took his glove off, threw his glove at Marchand. Clearly didn't throw with enough force that he was actually thinking he was going to hurt, hurt him. So that in itself is just kind of hilarious and you know harmless it was kind of funny to hear how shaken up like the ice side reporter was or at least seemed to be in the encounter you know yeah she was was having a hard time like it seemed like she was you know then she was like laughing she's like i'm so sorry i'm just you know i was like it was pretty funny i thought that was that to me looks like a silly hilarious encounter of two guys, you know, it's like two dogs barking on either side of the fence because they're they guys, they're so far away from each other. Uh, icing on the cake, though, had to be Panarin's response after the five thousand dollar fine, where he said, "Not a big deal," and then he thanked the former GM for his monstrous contract. Yeah, Jeff Gordon. I think he was working for the NHL at that time. Oh. <laughs> so, like, that makes it even better. So, like, now he's working with Montreal, but like, he basically thanked the NHL for that guy who they're employing giving him 11 million dollars it was it was awesome like the glove throw whatever i find it hilarious whatever marchand does i i think those players need to stay in the nhl they they bring eyeballs to it i think it's funny don't lick people but like i guess he said something about russian players and and that set panarin off and panarin set off his throwing a glove instead of fighting so it's pretty funny like what's five thousand dollars to panarin like and we can talk about how ridiculous the nhl finding system is but like, good on him. I I love Panarin and how he responded and his tweet. I mean, his his take after. Oh yeah, that that that'll live on forever. What I've noticed the NHL is doing now, at least in terms of like you know tweets and they put out the media, 
is that when they announce the fine, they also say, which is the maximum allowable yeah. by getting at it, which it's just, it's like, before you get upset, we would have fined him more if we could, guys. We would have, put, yeah. I swear this is the most. And it just sounds really ridiculous. Like, then don't fine him at all. Yeah, the, why, what's that? What's $5,000? Like, nobody, nobody sitting at home is like, yeah, good on you, NHL. You got him. You got him again, $5,000 on that $11 million contract one year. Like, good on you. Like, think twice about throwing his glove next time. <laughs> yeah, that's going to stop him. Like, it's like the P.K. Subban thing all year. The guy's been slew-footing people, and he's getting, like, a $5,000 fine or something. And he's like, yeah, that's going to stop him. Next game goes out and slew-foots another person. Like, yeah. the whole fining system is ridiculous, but whatever. Yeah. Well, the fines in general, like, to – you know, let's, let's just lean into this tangent. What are fines? Fines are just a price tag. So if you yeah. have the money, you don't care about the fine. This has been talked about in the media a number of times over the last couple of years. I've heard these conversations come up, especially when it's uh, comes to any kind of fineable or suspendable offense right before or in the playoffs. And everybody seems to know at that time that games are what matters. Players don't care about losing, you know, I'm sure some players do, or, or you know, Claude Lemieux, or not Claude, Brian Lemieux, if he, if he loses $5,000, that's probably a pretty, that's a bigger chunk of his paycheck than Panarin's. Yeah. But still, like, that's not that much. And the games, when you, if you're important to your team and you're missing games, and you're in the wild card race and you're missing games, you're in the playoffs and you're missing games, that is what, will actually put that impediment in next time where a guy might not go that far because he doesn't want to put, take that risk. A $5,000 fine. That's, that's, that's a joke. That's, that's like half at most, not even half. That's like 10% of like the rookie dinner bill that we always hear about rookies. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, what's funny too is about that is I agree with you. Like if you're going to get, if you want to stop things, like I don't think the glove thing's really worth anything. Like I think it's hilarious, but yeah games are what matters and sometimes you know last year this is also funny we're as we're on this remember the tom wilson situation last didn't get a fine at all but panarin gets five thousand dollars for throwing a glove like it's it's quite funny like i don't i don't know how the scale works i don't know how the games work i don't know how any of that works like how the nhl fines or, or or decides if it's a fine or games or anything like that but i will say though yeah if you want to stop things then yeah stop with the fines, just go with the games. You then lose your player game check, right? You're hurting your team and you want to be playing. Yeah. It's way more important than a $5,000 fine. That really is nothing. Even if you are on a rookie, you know, rookie level contract. I feel like George Peros just sits back and thinks, is that something that I would have done when I was playing? And if it was something so bad, he is. And if it was something that he would do, then he's like, Oh, that's not so bad. But like something like glove throwing, he's like, that's disgusting. There's yeah. no place for that in this sport. That's what cowards do. He should have jumped the rail after the play, shoved the referee aside, and started hitting him with a stick. Now that yeah. would be a two thousand dollar fine. Yeah, I uh, I don't know what George Peros does. I don't know. I like I don't know if he's trying to use this to get a GM job. Hopefully not, because I don't think he's, he'd be a good GM. But, <laughs> does he speak French? Yeah. Hey, hey. I think he does. <laughs> who knows um but yeah i i don't know i I hate the nhl like finding whatever discipline system it's stupid 
Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's a boring take, but it really is. I got nothing else to say. It's like, no, it needs work. Maybe a new new face. So. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of things that don't really make sense, but on the more positive side, New Jersey's accidental branding genius is really rounding out nicely. So I don't remember if we got to talk about, uh, I don't think we got to talk about on the pod or on in the yeah, Between the Lines pod much about the, the the throwback jersey that they're having uh and then for anybody that's wondering they are committed to wearing this jersey now uh, a certain number of times for the next three years so it's they, they can't even stop. they're they contractually committed to it uh, i think it is one of the ugliest worst things that i've ever seen i think that there's not enough jokes that we can made about it but i do love how they've taken it and they've pivoted and then they released the limited edition hats, you know, the all black hats that just said hat on it. Um, I think that there's at least, they're really leaning into it. And I think that they've done a great job at, at like, maybe not sticking the landing, but pulling it out. Well, the best is they sold out in yeah. 30 minutes, they sold out and it's all going to a good cause. It's going to the, what is it? Delta youth youth charity or something. And it's for a good cause. Maybe we'll leave that in the link too. I'll, I'll take that. Um, I love it. You know what? And I, and I went back and I looked at the jerseys. I love the stripes. I think the stripes are sweet. Um, I love the black and white. And I love like, if you look at the laces on the jerseys, they like paid homage to like Martin Brodeur and how great he was. Cause I guess the guy created the Jersey too. There's like, they're twine. Like they're, they're there's twine on them, which is even sweeter. So you got all these cool elements and then you're like, you know what? We'll top this off. You'll just, oh, we'll sell the shit out of these. It'll top this right up. We're just going to put Jersey. We're just going to put Jersey on it. And I, and I love it because it's so dumb and uh, a good cause came out of it. But yeah, I don't know how that passed the focus groups or, or whoever was making Martin's like, yeah, that's it. And it's their, the best. This is the cherry on the cake. Jersey fans have been begging for a third Jersey, like an alternate. And they've never had one like a yeah. true alternate this is their first true alternate and it is the worst one i've ever seen like it is so bad it's like i remember when calgary did the i have i have the calgary jersey somewhere where it's like the walmart font it says calgary with like a little c at the bottom i remember that i'm like i'm gonna buy it because i'm a fan but man this is hot garbage you know what i mean like this is hot garbage and you know, it didn't last that long. This one won't last that long, but good on the, good on them for recognizing. And I feel like, I feel like we talk about it a lot. Team social media, they're really like expanding. Like they're, they're starting to be more entertaining. They're getting more fan interactions. It's awesome. And uh, I love it. And I, I will probably, I went to buy one of those hats. I'm not even lying. And they were all sold out, but they're coming back November 30th. So I'll be waiting. Oh, man, uh, there was uh, a, I'm kicking myself because I, I think I thought I wrote it down um, and I'm going to butcher it, but New Jersey social media had a great, a great clapback at uh, Nashville. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. They, yeah. Nashville made, was, was taking a shot and New Jersey came back with uh, something effective. Why don't you raise a banner about it? Yeah. Because they had how many banners for that one year. That was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that's, that's perfect. That's it. Like, just because it looks like you set up an appointment for Martin Brodeur and you said, well, here's your Jersey creator. 
here's the default. And he's like, oh, that looks great. Let's just go with that. Yeah. I was like, no, 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 you have to do work to it. He's like, no, no, it's perfect. It's, it's done. I like work you've done here. You're like, no, this is the randomly generated starter jersey. He's like, yep, done. Book it. I'm going golfing. Uh, and to, but the only way it could have been better, and, and I'm, I've been using this all week, I love it, is they really should have gone with on the front, New Jersey, and on the back, who dis? That would have been just in so, wherever the nameplate is. That would have, that would have slayed. Everyone would have bought that. Wow, they actually did miss a, an opportunity there. That is, yeah, that is that is wicked. Yeah. Any, wow. Any any teams out there, if you do need an unorthodox, inexperienced <laughs> marketing guy, I'm your man. Contact Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm also open to a number of other jobs that I'm not experienced at, providing the pay is great. Adequate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, it's I'm gonna buy a hat. That's all I know. Is I'm gonna try and buy a hat. So there's uh there's one more thing I want to talk to you about uh before we, we, we wrap this up. We've talked about suspensions and how important they are. Missing games is, is the big part. We talked about you know, the COVID uh, postponements, teams are missing out on games there. We talked about the Olympics and, you know, players may be getting stuck and missing games. With all these thoughts about missing games, it really strikes me as peculiar that the NHL chooses to not have any games on American Thanksgiving. They do a complete blackout and it baffles me because it wasn't always the way it was there were there did they used to have games on thanksgiving something happened and for some reason they don't they don't go after it there's i can't imagine it's strictly because of the nfl's ownership and i also refuse to believe it's because the nhl gives any damn about people's families and spending time with their families and loved ones so the idea that the large majority of your market the u.s market are largely going to be off or with family or sitting around like that's the perfect time to have some games on at the very least even if you have some weird idea about it at the very least have some canadian teams play that night have toronto montreal play like why wouldn't you like i don't i don't understand and i think it's crazy that they don't have games on thanksgiving yeah i I was confused by that too i i get it like actually i don't get it sorry um I was confused in the sense that in every other country, but the United States, it's just a Thursday, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's nothing special for anybody else, but the United States. And I get it. The NFL puts three games on that Thursday. And like, they're usually like some of the most watched ever in history of the NFL. Like they, they pull a lot of eyeballs, but for other people in other countries that don't live for the NFL, you're missing an opportunity with Battle of Alberta, right? You're missing an opportunity with the Battle of Ontario. You're missing an opportunity with the Canucks playing. You're missing revenue that way. It doesn't, sorry, the Canucks, maybe you're not missing out. That's yeah, <laughs> we all needed a break from the Canucks. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know, I'm, I'm with you. It didn't make sense to me. And I think there was a lot of complaining on, on well, sorry, everything on social media is complaining. Sometimes I catch myself and it's like, everything's bad like those Canada Olympic jerseys, garbage, but oh, you're crazy. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. Uh, but I will say, uh, 
yeah, I, I hope the uh, NHL fixes that and they shouldn't be feel that threatened. I get it. Like the NFL owns one day of the week, Sunday, like they own it. Maybe like just give us Canada, like Canadians, you know, our, our, uh, our games. Cause we're not all watching the NFL. Yeah. I don't, I, and it feels like it's something that should have an easy enough explanation. There should be some, like, there's gotta be a reason behind it. It's nothing uh, mystical or, or, crazy it's just some decision has been made um but it's even weirder because like you said like it's just a thursday for the rest of the world they had games early the next day so why like that that tells me that you're banking on people taking a long weekend so you you are aware that it's a holiday in the u.s and you want to take advantage of the fact that there might be people sitting at home and or available to go to games on Friday earlier in the day. I think, um, um, what was it? It was like a 2 p.m. Eastern time game, I think. And then yeah. another one started at like 4 or 4.30. It was early. It was the Boston game. It was like 11 a.m. It was 11 a.m. my time. So, yeah, it had to be, to be yeah. Like, yeah, 1 o'clock their time or 2 p.m. their time. But <clears throat> I agree with you. But did they not play games on Canadian Thanksgiving? Like, I swear they did. I, I swear assume they did. They could not have done a blackout for just for Canada's like Thanksgiving. Like there's no way they would do that. And I, I, the only reason, like we said, is I do think it's gotta be the NFL. It's gotta be the threat of the NFL. Right. And, and the obvious one, but they have games on Sundays. I know, but I'm just thinking like, what is it? Cause ESPN now, I I don't know. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's baffling. We got to get to the (laughs) bottom of this. Maybe that's, Maybe we'll just scrap the entire podcast and we'll just solely focus on uncovering this mystery. Start go- just start Googling things. Yeah, we'll Actually. have a show on Discovery in no time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, it is weird, but hopefully next year. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, it doesn't really bother me, it, but it just still seems weird. Well, you, ne- you don't really realize how, like, how much hockey you watch until like a Thursday when there's no games and you're like what am i doing tonight (laughs) what i got a thursday off i got nothing to do like that's what hit me i was like maybe i do have a slight problem here that i I haven't addressed because i have nothing to do on the thursday and uh it's all the nhl's problem oh man yeah well I mean, I don't think we have time to get into how wrong you are. Those new Canada jerseys, they're pretty mint. They could use a little touch up, a little, yeah. little line work, but otherwise. We'll, we'll save know. it because I'll go on a heated rant and it'll be like 20 minutes. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, then uh, why don't we just say, guys, if you want to hear about what we think about Canada's hockey jerseys, you'll have to tune in next week or to a future episode. We're not going to give it all right away. Uh, keep tuning in as well you know don't be afraid to look us up on socials we're on uh, at head pucks at twitter we've got some uh, big exciting things brewing we're going to get a good name someday i swear uh, and uh, when we do we'll take over the world so you're going to want to be on our side it's not a threat it's a promise yeah there was a couple things we were going to link i'm going to link the um jersey fundraiser for the hats i'm just gonna link that for everybody i know we don't have a huge following but i still think it's good cause and i i want to share that there was one other thing that we were gonna link do you remember oh uh, our guest spot on the between the lines podcast that you can check out now on all your major spotify (laughs) uh, and equivalent networks i think that was it 
that that was it and i will say no i won't say it. <laughs> we'll just end it there <laughs> no you know what i'll say uh we keep this pretty clean over here i feel like uh, i think it helps us get a little bit better coverage well we, we we mix it up we throw in a little adult language on that one you know i yeah. think that uh if if your complaint so far is that uh you know it's too pg well why don't you check us out on that podcast because we let it rip <laughs> yeah it's it's explicit yeah <laughs> brian don't play it around your kids yeah please brian also <laughs> actually i was gonna make a brian shot but i'm not going to not yet right. hey we, we made it through the entire podcast we didn't make fun of brian yeah we didn't make fun of the maple leafs oh my gosh what a great we're gonna, we're gonna find out real fast if that's what people are all about and if that's what we're listening for <laughs> or if they actually like what we say otherwise our views are going way down just because we didn't mention the Maple Leafs once. It's going to happen. But uh, <laughs> it'll be the Maple Leafs fans are like, they stopped talking about my team, so I quit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then we're done. Yeah. Retire. <laughs> <laughs>